have that chop at the beginning. Yep. So. Try to get one that pop out. Do many of those. We live in a different world than we did just 30 seconds ago. It's a different world, it's a different day, but we are back on the Fantasy Draft Room Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Draft Room. I am Chase, aka Trophy Chase. You can find me on Twitter at Trophy Chase, T-F-D-R, and as always, my main man, Cody. Where can they find you? Y'all can find me over on Twitter at Cody Smith, T-F-D-R. Also go to our joint account at underscore tfdr where we'll be releasing all of our podcasts there and then also over on the youtube at the fantasy draft room got to get it all out there make sure that you know where to find us at we have had a lot going on in the first two weeks of the nfl lots of injuries risers fallers and in, in da- dynasty rankings and we're going to dive in today find out where these trade values are and how to pivot into and away from some of these players, and especially when it comes to these injuries. So let's just kick things off with the the biggest and most relevant uh, things going on with that quarterback room where we have Trey Lance, Dak Prescott. What what are we what are you doing in particular? Because I know you have a lot of Trey Lance. Yeah, the first thing I'm doing is crying. Uh, cried a lot. Uh, you know, had had a good good amount of whiskey glasses poured on on Sunday. Had to had to drown some sorrows. I've got, I think I think I totaled it up at nine teams and four Lance shares across all of them. Ooh. So there's a lot a lot I had to do. A lot I had to figure out over the past couple of days to try to try to steer the ship, get these teams back in line. Uh, you know. We've already said we like being in those win now teams, and so it's try- kind of hard to win now whenever you don't have your starting quarterback or at least one of the two. And so, ha- trying to figure that out, let's let's dive into it. How should we how should we be navigating this? We'll kind of go through how I've been navigating it and talk about these fallers, trade values. Let's get into it all. Outstanding, man. Yeah, you know when we when we look at the the quarterback position in particular. And you have two names like Dak Prescott and and Trey Lance. You know, it, it it hurts. You know, both of them. Dak was for sure a top eight, top ten quarterback in Dynasty. Trey Lance, we saw the vision of him being that, you know, Konami code quarterback that can be a top six guy with that that rushing upside with with Kyle Shanahan and what San Francisco likes to do. So those were two devastating injuries. And a lot of the process that you and I like to to focus on is if a skill position player gets hurt, we can take that player, trade him for a 23 first and get out. It is not that way with quarterback. You know, you can't, you should not be trading either of these guys for a singular 23 first. And the reason why I bring that up is there was a Twitter poll. And on that Twitter poll, we had over 200, 300 people that actually responded 75% said they would rather a random 23 first over Trey Lance right now. You you trading your Trey Lance shares for a 23 first, my man? I'll tell you that was not my process on my teams. That was not the process whatsoever. I The thing that I really can't wrap my mind around with that one is the random part. Like there was no specification on the 23 first. So yeah. you're, you're trying to re-roll your Trey Lance and you're trying to re-roll it into the only two that I would be anywhere near comfortable with, and I'm definitely not comfortable with even doing that, is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And those two are probably, as it looks right now, going 102, 103 right behind Bijan. So you're going to tell me that you're betting on that random 23 first having to be a top three pick to even feel slightly comfortable about the return you're getting on Trey Lance right now. It's slightly, slightly good about it, slightly good about it. And I, I'm the person who does not like to try to fix my running back room through rookies. I'd, I'd much rather get an, an old crusty vet than try to re-roll on another round of 21 class QBs where we've seen all of these highly touted prospects just flop and fail. And we've got two guys in Bryce Young and CJ Stroud who aren't even true Konami code quarterbacks. 
So it's it would be a horrifying proposition to me to say, all right, I'm just going to punt on 22. I'm going to go to 23, and I'm going to fix my quarterback room with the random 23 first that I got. Trey Lance comes back healthy. He's playing for another team. Everything we've seen here says that he's going to be healthy. And if so, why am I just pivoting down to Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, whenever Trey Lance is going to be there next year? I'd rather just hold. Exactly. Trey Lance is under contract for a minimum of two more years. Like you said, all of the information that we have is that Dak or the Dak, geez, Trey Lance is going to be back and ready to go to start the 2023 season. I understand he's going to lose the, the year of development. I understand that he's not going to be able to physically run and, and you know work with the offense until probably what April or May. So that's the time frame that we're looking at. But we know how people value Trey Lance right now. We know the excitement that is around this player. And the psychology of, of fantasy football is that excitement will come back. All it's going to take is one video of Trey Lance running around in practice, throwing deep balls to Brandon Ayuk again, you know, working with Debo Samuel in the offseason. You're, you're going to see it happen. And that value that we have him at right now or pre-injury will be close to that again. I'm not going to say it's going to be back because it is another year. There is, you know, the, the, the concern, but it's still more value than a singular random 23 first. Yeah. He'll so be, I, he'll be above that come next time. For sure. I think he's above that right now. I think if you wanted to pivot, if you wanted to pivot, like if you need the points this year, if you need the points this year and you want to pivot off of Trey Lance, you can you know, you can probably send out, you know, Tua is an example, but he obviously is coming off a monster week as well. So like trying to pivot into a Tua, trying to pivot into, you know, maybe uh, a Trevor Lawrence, if you're able to, to add just a small piece to get Trevor Lawrence, trying to find a quarterback in a similar tier that you could add a little piece to, to get the production that you need immediately. But if you are okay taking the L, taking the zero points this year, do it. Maybe you retool. There's no need to punt on a potential top 12 quarterback, even with the injuries, probably a top 14 quarterback, 15 quarterback right now. Don't panic is, is where we're getting at. Do not panic on Trey Lance. If you, if you are contemplating selling for singular, uh, singular first, stop yourself. Just, just put, put the phone down get off of sleeper, put down MFL, get away from your phone for a minute and really sit back and think about this. Hold the man or trade him for a like part if you have to give up something else if you need the production. Is there any is there anyone you're thinking of pivoting to if you wanted the production this year if you're a win now team and you were relying on Trey Lance as like your QB2? Yeah, I think where I'm starting is probably going to be Tua. That's probably my first offer that I send out. The other ones that I'd probably be comfortable with tearing down to, think I'd be okay with the Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilsons of the world for QB2 production this year, where I still think they're going to hold first plus production into next year, right? I know they're, you know, they're they're the aging QBs, but they're still locked into their contracts for the next couple of years. None of them are up at that like. 39 mark or anything like that. So I think they're going to still hold their value. And if I need, need the production this year, I'm fine with making that pivot. And that was probably going to be my play, but I actually, in one of my leagues found a slightly different option to really get to where I was comfortable with. And truthfully, I didn't even find it before I was even able to find it and talk through it with my, with you and myself trade got offered to my inbox. So on my contending team where I just lost Trey Lance and other quarterback is Aaron Rodgers on starting on that team built up as a contender drafted it this year. I got Brees Hall and a 23 first sent away for Jimmy G Amari Cooper and Saquon Barkley. And this is a pivot that I love. Because you get to hold on to the asset that should be 
only increasing from value from here in in Trey Lance. You get to hold that. You don't have to worry about the zero. You're going to get Jimmy G's production. Yeah, he's going to be a QB two. But you know what? You get a super flex quarterback two, and that is what you needed. Not only that, you you got comparable or maybe even better production from Saquon Barkley. You did get better production from Saquon Barkley than Brees Hall. So you pivot to another running back that is in the same tier or or could elevate himself into a tier above Brees Hall. Yeah, he's a little bit older. Who cares? We're looking at a two to three year window. Saquon's going to be Saquon. He 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 looks good this year. He looks like he's back. And then you get Amari Cooper, who just you know put up a hundred plus yards with J- Jacoby Brisket. And uh, yeah, we do say Brisket intentionally for the record, Mister Brisket. Yes. And he's going to get Watson back. Like when you do make that playoff run, you have another great piece that's going to add to your team. So giving up Brees Hall in a twenty three first getting Saquon Barkley. So you're going to wipe off Brees for Barkley, essentially, you know, Amari Cooper and, and Jimmy G for a late 23 first. I'm all in. I love Sign this move up. for, for what, what you needed to do for your team. And then you still have those two pieces in Cooper and Saquon. Jimmy G should get another job next year. You see, it does a lot for your team going forward as well by keeping Trey Lance and getting an, another one of these aging, you know, one year rental quarterbacks. Yeah. And I think it does. The only issue I can find with it is you're not capitalizing on the upside of Brees Hall, you know, coming into being the worst workhorse back. But, you know, that's that's kind of a thing that we'll probably touch on here in the future where it's not really how we're wanting to build the teams around that type of style. So we'll, we'll save that one to fully break down later. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, l- I love this deal. Honestly, my only sad part about it is I wasn't the one who constructed it. It was just sent to me. But after working through it, uh, talking through it with you. Yeah, I knew, that, knew this was the right way for this team to get back into this contention mode. That's a great trade partner there where he's he's able to look at your team and assess, put, put myself in your shoes, what would I do? That was a great way to construct a trade, so love it. So let's uh, move off of Lance and into the DAC conversation. You know, he's projected out, huh, they say, J- Jerry says four weeks, <laughs> six to eight weeks, and then you have the the kind of knock off the rust game or two. So you're, I mean, you're really looking at a loss of production of eight to ten weeks potentially uh, for for Dak. And what we we've seen some trades go down that I'm I'm okay with. But what what are your thoughts on the Dak injury? What would you do with Dak in your leagues? Again, it's just going to be one of those things where you have to look at your team, right? You have to understand where your team is in contention. And luckily, you know, this is going into week three now. You should have a pretty good idea. And really, once that goes down, hopefully you've already kind of made these moves. But if you haven't, you need to figure it out quick, right? Because you need to either say, hey, we're punting. I'm okay with holding this asset or I want to get the future capital whatever the move is, you need to figure it out. So where I'm at, where I would be contending team, I'm probably going to go for either purchasing a kind of bridge stop quarterback with a Jared Goff type. Hopefully, you know, he's had some blow up games. So maybe you're still able to buy into that. Maybe you have some future capital left over Uh, a position player. Somebody has got a deep quarterback room, get that kind of bridge stop gap where I'm not, selling away deck because i don't want to sell away a top 10 quarterback it's it's so hard to get yourself back into that tier that if you can figure out how to keep yourself in contention it, and maybe halfway through the year you realize okay it's not going to happen jared goff wasn't enough to keep me here you haven't blown the bank you haven't completely destroyed your team where you have to just completely rebuild your quarterback room at that point it's it's hard, but trying to find a stopgap or maybe that slight tear down, kind of like we went through with Lance, where you're just slightly te- you're tearing down into the kind of the same range. You're probably going to have to kick in an extra piece as well with that move. Those are the type of deals I'm looking to make here. Yeah, with with Dak, I'm not as concerned because he is going to be back this year. That that team doesn't look great, but he is going to be back this year. We are going to get production. Hopefully, you're going to see good production as you're making a, a stretch run for the playoffs and into the playoffs. So if the, the hardest thing in dynasty is to take a look at your team in the mirror and just honestly tell yourself, are you a true contender? 
Are you a true top four team that you can make a run if your team is healthy? If you are, then I'm looking to make that kind of pivot where it's like, all right, let me let me get a Jimmy G for for a second. Let me go out there and try and make a, a run at golf where I can just get a just get another guy that's going to help fill that gap where I can maybe be a 500, you know, just on the edge of the playoffs team. But when Dak comes back, so I can get that production and make the deep run. Maybe you're better off. Maybe you end up, you know, uh, uh, you're already end up, uh, you know, a top six, top five team at that point without Dax production and you get back and then you're, you're ready to roll. If you look at your team in the mirror and, and you're just saying, man, I'm going to be on the outside looking in, you know, I'm, I'm, I might be a playoff team. I might be a playoff team. That is not how we like to, to dynasty and how we like to look at our teams and how we're going to encourage you to focus. You can retool, you can keep Dak and you can retool. Like you can hold on to that piece, eat those zeros, take those L's, look at next year. You can move off of some, maybe some of your other aging pieces like a Dalvin Cook, a Derek Henry, like some of these aging pieces that you're like, hey, I'm not going to need them next year. What can I get now to improve my draft position, improve my, my draft capital so I can make some moves this offseason? You don't need to draft with those picks, but you can make moves with those picks to get you win now pieces for your run next year if you have to get points and you think that that trading Dak is in your best interest yeah the level of player that you're going to get you know maybe going into a russ a stafford someone like that where you're going to get that proven production is, is is going to help you but we've seen a move in one of our one of our big leagues that we have a lot of sharp people and we saw like a Dak prescott Michael Gallup and a 23 second, a late 23 second go off for Justin Fields, Zach Moss, Damian Pierce, Brevin Jordan. So you're down tiering to a Fields, you're adding Zach Moss. It is a best ball league, so you're getting some additional pieces. But what is Zach Moss? What is Brevin Jordan? Do you even care? Like, would you trade either of those? I wouldn't even package both of those for a second. Like Damian right. Pierce, his value was was sky high, and, and now it's like it's come back to earth where it should be, but that's just not a deal I'm making. If I'm a contender or just not a deal I'm making in general, especially with the questions we've seen pop up around fields. Now, I mean, that, that situation looks ugly and awful. And you could be just, you could just be searching, scrambling for quarterback. And the person you just sent back to just comes into not even next year, later this year with a, top 12 QB just on their team and fields. If they don't get him the help, he doesn't make the progressions because he's just getting obliterated back there. Can't do anything. Can't progress in the offense. I mean, you might have to just be re-rolling again and you could have just sat there taking your L and kept Dak retooled and move on to next year. It sucks. It really does suck to see that team that you think can compete and make this run right now have an injury this early and you just have to come to the realization, you know, hopefully you got a couple different leagues that you can move kind of your focus to more for this year, get your win now pieces there, really push in there. But I, I think it is normally best to just, you know, you got to look yourself in the mirror, understand you're going to get that value back and just take your L for this year. Sometimes we get tunnel vision and we focus too much like, Oh, this is a win now team. This is a team I can win with this year. And it's it's hard to step back and be like, well, is this also a team I can win with next year and the year after that, looking at a two to three year window? Like, don't go out and sell a, a two to three year asset for a short term gain. You know, that short term pleasure isn't always exactly worth it. So I'm holding Dak, I'm holding Lance, unless I can find a pivot that makes sense for my team you know, looking at a, a, a true product, you know, true productive quarterback replacement, Justin Fields, ain't it just not it. So diving into some of those risers and fallers at the quarterback position that we might pivot off of or pivot to, we, we've, we've looked at some community values of okay, this quarter. Yeah. Good old keep trade cut. We don't we don't use this as a trade calculator. We don't use this as a you know uh, a, a the Bible of how to 
put trades together, but it does give you an idea of where the community is valuing these players. And that is important. That is very important. Is It's the community as a whole valuing these players. Because I guarantee you, you have people in your league that see things this exact same way. So we got some quarterbacks here. Where are yeah. you at with some of these guys? <laughs> let's let's talk about uh let's talk about last week's god big blow up game from Tua. Tua, he's risen up 38 spots in the overall rankings. We do want to make sure we're talking overall rankings here for all the positions. We we have the risers for that, and then we'll give you the actual QB spot that they've risen up to. So Tua risen up 38 spots all the way to QB9, cracked inside the top 10 after this blow-up performance this week. You you buying into the top 10 yet? Do we, we want to wait for a little bit before we really get into the lofting him into that territory? Man, we are often prisoners of the moment. And we saw an organization that was like punting on Tua. They were trying to trade him for Watson. They were, they, you know, he, yeah, he had some injuries going on, but they were, they were constantly trying to look for a way to get rid of Tua. I know new coaching staff, new regime, lots of new changes. Tyreek's in the picture. The offense looked good, but man, it was one game against the Ravens that we're just like forgetting the fact that Marcus Peters just got back off of injury. That was his first game back. You know, you had, uh, I can't think of the other corner's name off the top of my head, had a groin injury, was missing practice and limited on Friday. So th they were already down two guys. I think they ended up having four guys in their secondary that were out. Game script went perfect for that game and for that blow-up performance. I like Tua. I'm not sitting here saying I, I'm out on Tua. But, man, let's give it more than one game. Like QB9? That is that is in, according to Keep Trade Cut, that is above Deshaun Watson, above Dak Prescott, just below Joe Burrow and T-Law. I mean, above Russell Wilson, above Matthew Stafford. Off one like, week, it, man. Off of one week over what we've seen for two years. Again, I, I'm I'm happy to see Tua have a performance like that, but it is not someone I'm going out and just saying, "Oh yeah, that's QB nine. Let me go, let me go give up two first plus to go get this guy." Like that's like what essentially second round startup value. No, High second round probably. Nope, not me. That could be somebody else. He's just going to be so hard to acquire right now too. And where's the upside from here? Like, where is it? Like, he's not he's not Jalen Hurts with the legs. He's not, you know, Trey Lance with the legs. Like, he doesn't have that Lamar Jackson rushing upside. He can move, you know, a little bit. And I'm not saying he's immobile completely, but he's not exactly a star on the ground. And so you're putting him in a super efficient territory off of one game. You have Tua and you can sell him as QB9. I'd be looking to move off. And with Mike McDaniel, who's you know, predominantly more run heavy, or at least comes from a run heavy scheme. It, it was just game script. Ravens got out to such a drastic lead and they somehow made the comeback. All the props to Tua for putting that game together. It was a beautiful game. Absolutely beautiful game in the second half that he put together to get all those stats. But we're not going to see that game script every week. We're not going to see that type of blow up performance. I mean, are, are we saying even in the next two, three years of Tua, if he maintains a full starting job for even that long, we ever going to see a performance like that again? That was a career performance. And in the first half, you, you want to talk about the, the difference in the game. First half, he was 12 for 20 with a one touchdown and two interceptions. I know one of the interceptions was a tipped, you know, miraculous kind of fluke catch or fluke pick. But hey, it happens. You saw a lot of underthrown balls to, to Tyreek and to Waddle. There were some great throws for sure, but I want to make sure we kind of have the reality check here where Tua is not all of a sudden just like forgiven for two plus years of what Tua did. So I'm not I'm not in at Tua at that price. If you can sell him for, at that price, great. Like I would definitely take Deshaun Watson plus. Like I would definitely take, you know, Russell Wilson plus. I think I'm getting the better quarterback and I'm getting a plus on top of it. So that's where I'm at with Tua. Um, yeah, let's I'm, you. I'm right there with you. I'm right. right there with you. And let, let's move from, let's move from one guy that we're not buying into to one guy that we are fully 
buying into. He he is the new top six quarterback. It's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, he's he's at least in the first two weeks, he's playing like he just secured that contract. He's he's gonna be the future of this Philadelphia Eagles offense. He was my they were my Super Bowl pick. I had him, I had him high already. So did not have them winning the Super Bowl. Just want to be clarified about that. But <laughs> we're not going that crazy yet. But he can get him there because he is he's developing as a passer. AJ Brown really unleashing a lot for him. It makes it so much easier for this offense to operate with AJ Brown being brought in. And Jalen Hurts runs so much. He's gonna hit that thousand yards like you've been saying all off season. Jalen Hurts. I think the conversation becomes Jalen Hurts or Kyler Murray. Yeah, I have him right there with with Kyler Murray right now. I I was a I was a doubter all offseason of of what could happen. AJ Brown has he's the big name, he's an efficient wide receiver and they're throwing the ball more. He's already had 31 and 32 attempts, you know, respectively in the first couple of games, which puts him on pace for 527 attempts this year. To 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 go with the double digit rushing attempts in each game he's had 17 and he's had 11 and oh, man he just looks good like there's no other way about it like the 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 accuracy is on point is that almost a 70 percent clip and you know one ray garvin was saying all off season aj brown is going to do for jalen hurts what stefan Diggs did for josh allen and we are absolutely seeing it early We'll see what kind of competition he was actually up against. We'll, we'll we'll see as the season goes on. Can he consistently do it? But my goodness, he looks like that dude. Absolutely, that dude. The guy that I clarified last week is that dude, AJ Brown. You know, he did step back. He let Smitty have a little bit of a role. He's not completely dead, like I, you know, maybe initially <laughs> over overreacted to and thought. But man, Jalen Hurts. All wheels up, all systems go. Hopefully you bought him during the offseason whenever you were buying him at like QB 13 prices. Now you're seeing him on KTC, QB 5. So good luck buying him. You're not going to be able to right now unless you're down tearing off of one of those top guys in front of him. I don't think there's hardly any way unless you're paying way above what you should be for Jalen Hurts right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think you're able to acquire him if you have him. Good for you. You're he's probably your QB two, maybe even your QB three on a team. So you're very excited about what Jalen Hurts is and is showing right now. Uh, to wrap up the quarterbacks here, you know, obviously Dak has dropped down twenty spots overall. He's QB eleven. Uh, Russ is down twenty one spots overall to QB twelve, and Trey Lance is down fifty three spots to QB fourteen overall. And he he is sandwiched between you know Stafford and Russ and Justin Fields just above Derek Carr. So that's the range he Trey Lance is at if you're you're wanting to know. Uh, but check out KTC if you if you're having an idea of co community value. Not where we have them ranked, but where the community has them at right now. So let's dive into running backs here. Lots of movers and shakers. Where where do you want to start? Uh let's start off with the I think we're going to start off with one of the more interesting running back rooms that I've seen this offseason where I came in full ride in ETN and then James Robinson miraculously comes back off of Achilles injury and is the bell cow and at least in the carries. Uh, so <laughs> we've seen him rise up 62 spots overall in the overall rankings all the way up to running back 23. James yeah. Robinson, man, if you if you were able to buy that dip, it was some damn good dip. Yes, it was. When you, you have James Robinson, as you said, at running back 23, ETN dropped 24 spots in the overall rankings to running back 14. So you got a nine-spot difference between ETN and James Robinson. And through two weeks, James Robinson first week had 11 carries, 66 yards, touchdown. Week two, 23 carries, 64 yards, touchdown. He's also snuck in a couple targets in each game. It is a true split backfield. This is a Doug Peterson backfield. ETN has said himself, 
I'm so happy James Robinson is here to take those inside carries. Etienne does not want the ball like that. This is going to continue. I just don't know why we would want ETN when you can have James Robinson at a much cheaper cost. At cost, yes, give me James Robinson. However, in rankings, we're not I don't think we're going crazy yet. It's still ETN over James Robinson. Uh, he still had, you know, first round draft pick versus a UDFA. But it's it's scary if you bought into ETN at a high price this offseason. Man, I'm gonna go crazy. I, I've never been in on ETN. Ooh. I've never been a big fan of what his pro, you know profile was coming into the league. And he's proven exactly that. He doesn't like contact. He his 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 pass catching prowess. He's had some good catches here in the league, but his hands are suspect downfield. And if the guy's getting, I mean, nine carries, 20 yards, he, he's getting, you know, some some opportunities, three targets, three receptions. I just don't know that I'd rather have ETN. Like if I have ETN on a roster, which I don't, but if I did, I'd be selling him. Find a way to move off of ETN for literally anybody else. I don't care if you have to kick in a second. If you want to tear up, find someone that loves ETN in your league and get off of him. You do not want to be starting this man in your lineup week in and week out. You just don't. I mean, I'd rather, I would rather start James Robinson than ETN and feel much more comfortable about that floor. So if there was any league you had ETN in, you'd be just smash, smash sending for James Robinson in a second. Because I think that's a deal you can still get done. I think so too. I mean, yeah. Like, why not? Like, I mean, I think I would target something else first. But yeah, I mean, I'd rather start James Robinson, take that second round pick and move, move it into something else. But like ETN right now is just above... Alvin Kamara, you know, he's above Derek Henry, Leonard Fournette. I would take those dudes and a plus and freaking run, run to the hills with that. And he's just below two other guys. We're going to talk about Aaron Jones. <laughs> like I would yeah. much rather kick in a piece to get Aaron Jones than I would hold ETN and have to figure out when I want to start him. I, I can understand it, man. Uh, I'm not. I'm not there fully yet. I'm still gonna buy in with the draft capital, but I, I can understand the fear. And for for right now, in short term, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're probably putting James Robinson in your lineup more than you are ETN. Let's let's touch real quickly on that Green Bay backfield, though, where we've seen both these running backs actually rise a rise a good little bit. Where we we've been saying it, they don't have receiving options. They're going to use the running backs. They're going to use the running backs to move this offense. We've got A.J. Dillon all the way up to running back 12, up 16 overall spots. Aaron Jones right behind him at RB13. Is this is this the right point? Who would you? Which one of these two would you rather have? I think I know your answer with how we normally play, but where would you, where would you lean? I lean Aaron Jones. I like A.J. Dillon. I just, I just don't. I just don't see why we would be taking the number two on the team. I know it's one A, one B. I know I understand that, but he's one B. Like Aaron Jones, week one, they 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 gave him eight carries, eight touches, excuse me, where he had five rushing attempts, three receptions. And immediately after the game, the coach said, We cannot have a game where we're giving Aaron Jones eight touches. Week two. 15 carries, 132 yards, a touchdown, three three targets, three receptions, an additional 38 yards, and a touchdown. Like he is the guy. I know everyone says, "Oh, Aaron Jones is cuttable after this year, and AJ Dillon is gonna have the opportunity to take over as as the one, and he might be one A." But Green Bay will bring in a one B. So I am taking Aaron Jones ten times out of ten. Because I'm usually a win, I'm a win now team. I, I focus win now, and and so if I have that window for two to three years, I think Aaron Jones is producing for you for two to three years. I don't see a reason why he's slowing down. I, where are you at with these two? I want to say AJ Dillon. I really do. I know you. Do. If I'm if I'm on a team that I am 
people send competing this year? Like I know I'm in the top three teams this year, two, three teams. I'll, I'll do Aaron Jones. Uh, I'll, I'll get Aaron Jones on my team. I love, love me some AJ Dillon though. So if I'm, if I'm in the, like, I'm a playoff team, but I don't know if it's this year type of territory. I think I'm just still going to lean AJ Dillon. I, I just, I, I can't get enough of that, man. Can't get enough of the quads. Love it. And <laughs> I, I do think he's got, you know, a little bit more of the long-term stability. He's obviously got the age, uh, contract, everything like that. So age pretty much is really the only difference other than other than my love. But let's go, let's go to the guy I've had to flip on from absolute hate and I'm never touching him to the guy I picked up in the trade we mentioned earlier, Saquon Barkley rising up all the way to running back five, up 14 overall spots. I've had to come to terms with myself. I've been saying that I don't want him anywhere. Been saying that unless Eli Manning re- unretires and gives him a hundred targets, he's never going to be a top end running back one again. Well, he's done it. He's done it with Danny Dimes. Maybe it's because they have no wide receivers, even though they pay him top in the league. Maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe he's Maybelline. <laughs> but Barkley, I- I'm I'm sorry. I I messed up. I can't say I love you yet, but I'm back. You know, you just did something that a lot of people can't do, and that is to admit that they were wrong or admit that they have new information and they're adjusting to what information they have at hand. And that is okay in fantasy football. It is okay to be wrong. It is okay to to have our guys we love. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know what? He He, he ain't it. So – Barkley is it. Barkley had his torn ACL last year. He had the high ankle sprain, and high ankle sprains for running backs are are awful. They are you are not recovering from a high ankle sprain in season as a running back. You're not fully recovering, and we saw it last year with Barkley. You know, still figuring out his knee, and then you have the high ankle sprain. It, it, it wasn't a good combination, but through two weeks this year, you know, he's 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 a workhorse, absolutely a workhorse. Eighteen. 164 and a touchdown, seven t- targets, six receptions week one. He had 21 opportunities, uh, you know, on the ground week two. Wasn't uber efficient. You know, I think Carolina keyed in on that. They saw what happened week one. And they're like, they're, we're not letting that happen to us. But he's going to be the workhorse. They are going to throw the ball to him, which is what you want with Saquon, Saquon Barkley. That is why we loved Saquon early. And if they're going to keep giving him the rock, he's right where I think he should be. You know, running back five feels about right. You know, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, maybe Javante CMC in that range. Like, you know, you have those guys put Joe Mixon potentially up there. Like you have that range of, of running back where he's still young enough and he is that elite talent that I'm good with that. You comfortable with him at RB5 at this point? I don't think I'd have him up at RB5, but RB7. Yeah. RB7, RB8. Again, can't get to, can't get to full love on him, but <laughs> but I'm not I'm not full full tilt against you anymore. But Barkley's back again. He's going to be a tough guy to acquire right now because of what we've seen early on. But the fact that you were able to get a deal done, like the, the Breeze for Barkley deal, you're going to get more production and you're going to get a guy in that same dynasty ranking range. That's a great move. So love what you did there. Um, let's touch on some last couple running backs here before we move on. One Clyde Edwards Hilaire. He's back. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, he's he's one I'm fully back on, right? <laughs> Heck no. But he is up 44 spots in, in KTC overall, and he's at RB19. He, they, they're using him. You know, he had that 52-yard chunk run. Outside of that, he had seven carries for 22 yards, so it wasn't super efficient. But he ended up, you know, with a good day because of that large chunk run. They are throwing the ball to him. It's it's a split backfield for sure. We looked at the, the reps, you know, the – uh, snap shares and it's him and McKinnon Pacheco is, is a non-factor right now. So it is a split backfield between the two. You comfortable starting any of them? What are you doing with CEH right now? Yeah. Any pivot I can make off CEH in the running back 19 range. Yeah. See a CEH. Uh, yep. you showed, you've shown enough to me over the first two years that unless you're getting a full workhorse role, like we've seen Saquon step back into, no, I'm not going to buy back into CEH because, when you're splitting work with Jarek McKinnon, I don't think you're all that 
overly talented for me to need to go buy into you. So yeah, CEH, sorry, you're not one I'm buying back into. CE, yeah, get out of here. Uh, let's look at so another top guy that has had an injury that's kind of been a, a big uh, topic of discussion lately. And that is a guy that's down 13 spots who was running back two overall at one point. One Najee Harris, you're running back to my, he was mine too. Hard to say no to that. He was a workhorse. Najee Harris is down to running back six right now. He has the Liz Frank sprain supposedly had an ankle sprain played last week, but man, that team is bad. Uh, it is, it's hard to watch. It is really hard to watch. The only saving grace factor for Najee that's keeping him in this range, he's still going to get targets. And that's what I'm holding on to. Have a couple of Najee shares. I'm not panicking like I am on another guy we'll touch on here in just a second. Because I, I think he still has enough floor with where he's going to probably rush for like right around with how bad this offensive line is, like three, maybe even less than three yards per attempt. But he's still going to see the rushing share and he's still going to see targets. He's still going to have a floor week to week. It may be ugly if he doesn't fall into the end zone, but last week he still got the yardage. He still had 80-plus yards. So if he falls into the end zone, I know I know it's hard with this offense to get there, but if he's able to do it, he's still <laughs> fine. Okay? Like, it's rough. It's not what we were expecting out of an RB2. It can't be. You have to move him down. You have to move him down, but I'm not full cell panicking on him yet. I'm not I'm not going out and looking to to just dump him, but if I can do a, a Saquon pivot, if I can if I can pivot to Kamara, if I can pivot to another guy that is going to give me equal or greater production and get a plus still, like right now, because people aren't yet panicking, but they are concerned, I'm out. Like I will take that production and run. I just where I'm at right now. I think if I can get the production and run, I will, but I'm not going to full full on sale and just be like, Oh, well, okay. This guy's giving me a running back in a second. I'm out. Like I, I, I will definitely field offers. I'm not putting them on the block, but I will target certain players, target Saquon, target those types of guys and see if I can make a move happen. See if I can pivot to like the mix in, see if yeah. I can pivot to, yep. like you said, the Saquon's, some of the other ones, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, those are a little bit scarier. But let's go into our last one here on the running backs. Let's go into the one that I am panicked on, and that's Derrick Henry. For as much as we've been saying that the Steelers offense looks horrible, this Tennessee offense looks just as bad, and that offensive line looks just as bad too. I mean, we see – Players going down left and right on their offensive line. It's being patchworked together on an offensive line that already wasn't good. And for some reason, they refused to run him up the middle where he could actually just run with the full steam ahead. They're throwing him out on pitches to the outside zone. Like, nothing looks good there. He's not pretty. One of our oldest running backs in the league right now. He's coming off the foot injury. I don't think it's fully like he's just washed. I don't think he's just washed, but him regressing just a little bit regressing enough with how much the offensive line and the offense as a whole is hurting. If I can get out for any first, I think I'm out. I am fully with you on this. If I can get a first, I'm out on Derek Henry. I will take that first and pivot to another player. I'm not, you know, obviously using that pick to draft, but I'm using that pick as a liquid asset that I can move. Derrick Henry, it's not necessarily just him. That situation is awful. That line just looks bad. They, they're they still stacking the box like they normally do against Henry, and they're just saying, hey, Tannehill, can you beat us? And the answer has been no. Nope. A resounding no. I, I'm really worried about Derrick Henry. I don't think, you know, I don't think it's his career's over. But I think this year may be a lost year. They, they will probably cut him after this year. They will probably cut Tannehill after this year because this team is so bad. I really do think that they're going to have to look at a, a rebuild, let Derrick Henry go and see what, you know, let him go someplace else. 
I am not buying Henry. I don't. I just don't think that that's the smart move in Dynasty. I think there's other players that you can buy because for the what you're going to have to give up to get Henry um, is just not going to be worth it. So I'm with you. Sell Henry. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, let's get it. Let's get into our wide receivers. Let's get into the guy that is absolutely lighting up the world lighting up the boards he's climbing up 52 spots all the way to wide receiver seven amon ra the sun god brown man i've I've, i will fully admit that i was concerned about amon ra coming into the year and i was happy to sell amon ra for a keenan allen because i was i was confident in in what keenan allen was going to be a hundred catch guy thousand yards he's going to be a back-end wide receiver one i was like you know what just in case a Monra can't continue what he did at the end of last year, I'm going to pivot off. And obviously that was a bad move. A Monra has looked like a total difference maker at the position and someone like you absolutely want to have. Just good luck getting him now. Yeah. You're I, not. I still have some shares of him, so I was okay pivoting in certain areas. And the areas that I do have a Monra, and I'm super happy. But... <laughs> Man, there are some trades I look back on and I'm like just this summer, and it's like, man, why didn't I just wait a couple weeks? But yeah, you're not getting him back now. That guy is in a in a tier. He's putting himself in, in that difference maker tier. If you have a Monra and you can acquire some additional assets, if you want to trade back, feel free to make you know get get yourself some depth pieces, get yourself two pieces for one. But at this point in time, man, enjoy what a Monra is doing. It's special. Yeah. He's he's a damn good player. It's a thing to take away from, I think for the future where I was with you, I wasn't fully bought in, thought the target share that he was getting at the end of the year might've just been a fluke of, you know, he wasn't playing with Hawkinson. He wasn't playing with Swift at the time. They were playing with piecemeal guys like Josh Reynolds back there. But I think we got to take it away from the future. Even if, you know, regardless of the circumstances, targets are earned, not given. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. Well said. And he's, he's earned it. There's no more excuses about Hawkinson not being there. They have Chark there, the deep threat. They have Swift in there and he is getting open and he is earning those targets and he has looked damn good doing it. So be very happy with your Amon Ra shares right now. If you want to go acquire him, try sending T Higgins and something for him. I, I don't think T Higgins is a difference maker. You know, he's a he's a good football player, but he's not a difference maker like Amon Ra is, and he's showing right now. So that's a move I'm exploring if you're trying to get Amon Ra, but you're gonna have to give up a young piece to get him. And good luck. May the odds be ever in your favor on that one. <laughs> yep. Let's get into another guy who, you know, what I just said, targets are earned, not given. Garrett Wilson. He's been earning a hell of a lot of targets here over the past two weeks. Up 27 spots overall, wide receiver 13. That's a yeah. that's a bold statement right there. That's a bold statement. I am not quite that high on Garrett Wilson yet. Uh, great profile coming out. Obviously, one of the top three receivers in this class with Drake London, Traylon Burks, and then, of course, Garrett Wilson. Oh, he... He's with Joe Flacco right now. I want to see the chemistry that he has with Zach Wilson. So I'm not going to put him up at wide receiver 13 yet. I'm, I've been very encouraged with what I've seen. I'm not going to, you know, get so caught up in the moment of him having, you know, eight catches and 102 yards. You know, it's looked good. He's looked smooth. But I do want to see Zach Wilson back out there with this team. Does he favor Elijah Moore? Does, does Zach Wilson go back to, you know, Corey Davis as that third down guy, just that reliable catch guy. So I want to see how that target distribution looks when he's back. But yeah, I'm very encouraged with what Garrett Wilson's doing. I think he's a guy you can still go acquire. We've seen trades where, you know, depending on how you feel about this, but DK Metcalf for Garrett Wilson plus, you know, so you're, you're kind of moving off of that DK situation and you're getting yourself Garrett Wilson and a plus. So that's a th move I think you can do. What do you think about Garrett? Are you in on this as well? Or what kind of moves are you making with him? Yeah, like I said, you know, those targets are not given. He's still only been earning them for two weeks. It's still only a two-week yep. sample, and it's not with his main quarterback. 
I'm still I, I love I love the love what we've seen, but I do think I'm like you. We need to see Zach Wilson back in there because they're not going to turn this team over to Flacco, right? Like Zach Wilson's still going to have this team when he comes back. I think we've already got reports saying he's possible for Week Four. He's I love what we've seen out of Garrett Wilson. Still, would you? Where would you have him in the uh, rookie ranks if we were to do it over again? Is he moved up with Burks? Moved over Burks yet? I really like what I've seen from Burks and the limited snap share that he's had. He's an incredible yards per route run. I still think he's number three for me. I think I'm there too. I, I can't do it yet, but like what we've seen from both of them. Uh, wish we would have seen a little bit more from you know this Tennessee offense because it's going to look ugly for Burks, and you know yeah. he might have the same problems that Derrick Henry and Najee were having that we were just talking about, but. We've also got Zach Wilson coming back, and we've seen how Zach Wilson operates offenses too. And it might look ugly for Garrett Wilson as well. So, let's yeah. let's let's move on to another two week wonder, and one Christian Kirk. I know it's a guy that you've been super high on this offseason. Tell me about wonder. Christian Kirk for you. Two week wonder. I mean, the guy's been putting up wide receiver four and three numbers for years. So, no Christian Christian Kirk though. Yeah, we've. Love what we've seen here from the past two weeks, a connection with Trevor Lawrence. And that's what I've been hoping for. My Texas A&M guy really loved the talent whenever he was coming out. And he's shown what I always thought he could step into a, you know, not an alpha role, but a wide receiver one role. And he stepped into it. Well, I think he's going to be that 130 target guy. And if he's running at that pace, I mean, he's going to be at minimum a back end wide receiver too. So love what we've yep. seen out of him. We've seen him rise up 51 spots on KTC, only up to wide receiver 32. I was actually kind of surprised to see that one. I thought with, you know, the production that we've had, I thought we'd see a little bit more hype like we have with some of these other guys. Maybe it's just because he's been in the league a lot longer. Maybe he's not, you know, as, as new to people. They're not ready to fully jump off, jump on the bandwagon like you, but thought it would be a little bit higher. Yeah, Christian Kirk, you know, I, I'm glad to see the community hasn't overreacted totally on this because we have the sample size of what we've seen from Christian Kirk. A as you mentioned, this is his first opportunity as the quote-unquote one with the team. So, you know, there is that. He is going to get 130-plus targets. He is. Like, it's going to happen. that He's that dude there in Jacksonville this year. So he's a guy that win-now move, that's a guy you can target who might have a longer-term outlook. You know, right now, I'm not going to overreact to two weeks. I do want to see a consistent Christian Kirk, but I'm very encouraged with what I've seen. You know, he's a guy I have been trying to acquire this offseason because I, I knew the volume was going to be there, but I wasn't sure what that efficiency would look like and what that team would look like. Uh, but I'm not going out and giving a 23 first for Christian Kirk like a lot of people are, are valuing him at right now. This has been a big topic of conversation of, of what is Christian Kirk's value He's a guy that I would I would go out and try to get in a package deal. Maybe I'm down tearing off of something uh, to, to get Christian Kirk plus, but I'm not going out sending a 23 first for Christian Kirk. I just don't think I can do that. And I think with a 23 first, I can get something better, but maybe I'm wrong. You know, he, maybe he's going to continue to be in this high end wide receiver two conversation and that value this year, those points this year, that consistency this year where you have a lineup league and you have to start somebody. Yeah, man, like he's going to get the targets week in and week out. It's just going to be, can he, can he consistently score? Is he going to have these hundred yard games? You know, he went six for six, 78 and two touchdowns this week, week before he had 117 yards. Like it's looked good early. It was a Colts team that did not look good. It was Washington, the commanders, we always thought they were a bottom feeder team in the East as well. So I, I do want to see what they look like. They got the Chargers this week. I want to see what it looks like against the Chargers. Philly, I mean, he's got some teams coming up here that are going to put him to the test. And I'll be watching closely to see what Christian Kirk does. But he's a damn good player right now. He, he He's a damn good player. Damn good. And, you know, it's probably a little bit of bias in me saying you're not sending that back in 23 first. If it's back end, I know it's back end. That's the only time I'm doing it. And in contender, in, in contending mode, I think I'll do it. But I think this, I think the reason why for me is if he comes out these next two games 
and continues this production, you're no longer getting him at a first. It's first plus now. Like this is, it's going to be your buy window where if you, if you want to buy in, I think this is, it, it's a big if. It's big if, if he continues the production. I think it's going to be hard pressed to get him off another roster right now. I'm glad, I'm, even if you're, even if you don't agree with it, I'm just damn glad that the thousand and nine hundred and eighty-seven times you've asked me to send you a second or take your second, originally my second for Christian Kirk, I have held Amen. strong and I have not done it. You did I, this summer. I was hounding him for Christian Kirk for an early his his second is early, it's an early second in this league, and I was hounding him all summer long because I knew the targets were going to be there, and I'm like. It's that Darnell Mooney like range. I'm like, yeah, give me the target opportunity and we'll see what production he put, puts up. So, but you're right. You held out. You did the right thing. I don't know what his ceiling is as far as his trade value. I don't think it's going to get, you know, crazy high. That's, that's the only thing. And if I'm wrong on that, I'm wrong, but man, I just don't see it getting much higher than I like you want to cap it at a first and a second. If he blows up for the next five weeks, that's kind of where I think it's at. You might get some people to overpay, but man, yeah, if you want to go acquire Christian Kirk, if you can go out there in a league and give up like a you know two seconds value uh, to go get him, great. If you can move off of a, an aging or injured receiver to, to to get Christian Kirk, do it. Like absolutely do it. He's going to smash this year. He's going to be a very good play in twenty twenty two. So, speaking of Darnell Mooney, that's a guy that's dropped down twenty five spots. The wide receiver forty. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, anything that has a bears attachment to it right now. Peace. Yeah. If I could absolutely just put you in a rocket ship and blast you, not even to the moon, but just like far edge of the galaxy for literally almost anything. Yeah. See ya. I, jeez, I'm a natural, you know, Chicago kind of hater. So there's a little bit of bias there, but I was, you know, I was buying into Cole Komet. We've seen how that one's gone. It's full, full goose city. This team is just freaking bad. And I don't want a single piece of it. I don't see it getting better in 2023. You're at earliest hoping they're going to come back around to product productivity in like 2024. Man, I'm, I'm even scared about like my Khalil, Khalil Herbert shares that I was picking up. Like, I don't want this team any part of this offense. Why is Equiminius St. Brown leading the team in targets and yards? And he's he leading could. the team through two weeks, and it's only like 70. <laughs> he couldn't it's cut so it in gross. Green Bay. Couldn't cut it in Green Bay, and he's the number one. He's all of a sudden the number one. I mean, that's what you said is exactly it. This whole offseason, we bought into the fact that Darnell Mooney was the number one. Allen Robinson was gone. He's going to get another 140 targets. Cole Komet had zero touchdowns last year. And that could only get better, right? Oh, no, we're just not going to target him. Like, these guys are just not getting the ball. And I don't know if it's because they're not getting open. The game script was perfect against the Packers where they were down big and you should have been chucking the rock. And they threw, I think they threw the ball 18 times. Awful. I, If I have Darnell Mooney, it was a short window anyways because you were hoping that this year was going to be the make or break for him. And it's looking like a break. If you can sell out on, on Darnell Mooney, don't sell him for something, but put him in a package because people will still believe in him if you have him as part of a package to either move up to get somebody. That is the that is the play that I am looking to do with Darnell Mooney. I'm not going to just go sell him for a second, but if I can package him together with something, you know, Darnell Mooney, Christian Kirk, and get an upgrade. Like if I can move those two pieces and get an upgrade, like I would look to do something like that. But Man, it is not looking pretty. It is not looking good at all. So let's move all, move away from that Debbie Downer of a team. CeeDee Lamb's dropped 18 spots overall. He's wide receiver 13. I'm not that low on him. I know the situation isn't great with Cooper Rush, but let's, you know, let's again not be prisoners of the moment and like panic on a top talent simply because their starting quarterback is out. Be patient. Am I wrong yeah. there? No, he should get back. Maybe not to like what some people had him as like the wide receiver three coming into this year. It's probably not getting back to that anytime this no. year. It's not going to get back to that before the start of next year, but he's still a top 10 wide receiver. Like unless they bring in an absolute 
you know, 1B. And he was even that when Mari Cooper was there. So, no, not panicked on that. This offense will, I hope, eventually figure itself out. I know their offensive line looks shaky, but I think Dak coming back will help alleviate some of that. They'll get back on track. It's probably not a great year. If you're really in like a win-now move for, with CeeDee Lamb on your team, you might want to pivot off. Uh, but try yeah, to try to pivot off on a good game or something where you know there's hope coming back. Not where he's at in community value of wide receiver 13 right now. I'm just not, it, hold him for now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. You know, a pivot point, like you said, is you know going after going after another wide receiver one for a team, like going after you know uh, if you, I would say Devonte Adams. I don't know if you can get Devonte Adams right now, but but going after maybe like. Cortland Sutton in a first, or maybe Mike Evans in a first. I don't know if I want to go as low as Cortland Sutton right now. Uh, Rashad Bateman in a first. Like, I think you can get, maybe that's even a little much, but I think you can get a deal done in that range where you can get another number one on a team that's going to produce similar to CeeDee Lamb this year and pick up the first that you can use as a liquid asset to to buy something else. But in all honesty, I'd rather hold. I'd rather hold and wait for things to, to improve um, and, and see what what comes of cd lamb long term yeah so let's let's wrap up this wide receiver room just for a little bit of fun for us the guy that everybody hyped up in preseason because he was the you know next hall of famer before he'd even play the snap of real football george pickens oh what was that you were all the way up at wide receiver 21 yeah you're the four on this team on a bad team. We already discussed our concerns with Najee Harris. Like how did, how do people not see through this? He's the four on a team on a shitty team. Oh, man. Wide receiver 21. He's dropped down 20 spots. He's wide receiver 35 and that's still too high. He's on the field, which sounds great. And he's just not getting the targets. I mean, and, and which is, he may get, he may have a game here or there. If you were able to take George Pickens and sell him for the 23 first and you did that, Good for you. That was the move. And I, I was saying it all preseason, and I was like, Deontay Johnson wasn't pra- you know practicing or playing with him because of injury. Claypool wasn't you know playing in these preseason games and practicing with him because of injury. Now these two are back. Deontay is signed there for the next two years. Deontay is the one. Claypool's playing the slot, which is where he thrives. He's going to be the number two wide receiver. And then you have Pickens. He might have his games, like I said, but he's still the number four or even number five passing option. You have Fryermuth and you have Najee. Like, five. what are you expecting out of George Pickens? If you have George Pickens and you can still get some good value for him, send him away. Send him away. Get, get what you can and, and move on. Otherwise, he's going to be sitting on your taxi squad. He's gonna be sitting on your bench. Oh, there's nobody. Anybody had him on his tax on their taxi if they were owning him. He, he was right. a wide receiver one. So you're, it's just a burnt roster spot for yep. at least this year. I mean, maybe he moves into a role. We, you know, the ta- the talent was good. Yes, coming out of college. So you know, maybe Claypool leaves next year. He comes into the two role. The offensive line improves, and they somehow also improve the quarterback position. Maybe Kenny Pickett takes a step forward, comes into his own in, in the offense. Man, no. Uh, don't know why the hype was there this year and hope you got out. Yep. Again, like you said, love the talent, like the player, but when you're looking at a two to three year window, he's at the back end of that window that you're looking at. So uh hope hope you sold, but just wanted to bring that one up as a fun one. So let's move on to the last part of the day here. Tight ends. Not a lot going on in terms of injuries. There's a there's a couple couple movers here. Uh Dalton Schultz, tight end nine, down eight spots overall. He's right there with uh he's below Goddard and Fryermuth, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, below Goddard and below Fryermuth. So, what are you doing with him? He has the, I believe it's, is it the PCL? PCL slight strain, I believe it was. But yeah. I'm pretty sure there's already reports of him coming back possibly this week. If he misses any time, I assume it's a one week injury at this point, from what I know personally. I'd still rather have Schultz over Goddard and Fryermuth personally. Same. I think he's the number two target on that offense. Frymouth, as we just discussed, number four. Dallas Goddard, you know, he's number two, 2A, two 2B two with him and Smitty. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I do like Goddard's potential, so I'd say Dalton Schultz and Dallas Goddard right right in that same mix. But I'm not giving up a plus uh, for Dal- for from Schultz to move to Dallas Goddard. That's not just a move nope. I'm making. So, yeah, man, I, I think that, the tight end position, I think you can just kind of hold Schultz. You're just going to have to wait it out. I wouldn't be down tearing. He's, 
he's at the bottom of the tier that I enjoy owning. <laughs> so um, I'm not down tearing to a Dalton or a Dawson Knox or Zach Ertz or Cole Komet. Uh, one last thing I want to touch on with the tight end room because it has been a, a hot topic. Kyle Pitts, tight end one, tight end two, no matter how you look at it, it is one, two in most people's eyes. He's not producing. He's not getting the target share. It's not a very good offense. What are you doing with Kyle Pitts right now? I personally could never buy into the range enough to buy Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, it's a little bit of uh, haven't played, don't play much tight end premium yet. We're getting more into that one now, trying to see that value where the man, I, I still think people overpay for tight end and tight end premium. And most times, unless you're playing in that like two point per reception or two tight end, then by all means, go for it. But it's scary with Pitts right now, man. Drake London's Drake London looks like a absolute monster out there already through two weeks. I don't have that much concern with Pitts long term, but if you were yeah. trying to use him now, it's it's gonna be rough, man. I, normally, Marcus Mariota's been a target machine to the tight end. I don't know what the reason is. Maybe he's not playing out of a traditional tight end role. You know, maybe he's more split out wide than what he's seen from his previous tight ends. Whatever the reason, it's probably not going to be good until they get a new quarterback in there. But I do think once this offense takes a turn, unlike the Bears offense, I could see this offense actually taking a turn to 2023 20, and being decent there if they get a good quarterback in. So yeah, long term, I'm, I'm not paying like the three first price anymore. You can't do that right now. If you can still sell at that price, I think I'm actually okay with doing that. Go shop. Yeah, for that. I'm with you. I think I think at the even tight end premium leagues that I'm in, you know, I'm in a lot of half point premium, 0.75 premium, things like that, where you get the 1.75 PPR. I would sell Kyle Pitts, man. If he's getting 10 targets, like if you can get yourself Travis Kelsey in a first, or you can get yourself, you know, find a way to move to Mark Andrews. Like those are the guys getting targets. Those are the guys that are difference makers. Kyle Pitts long-term again, not worried about. So if I can get one of those two guys or maybe even Waller in a first, I don't even know if I'm doing that, but like Andrews and Kelsey, if I can find a way to move from Pitts to Andrews or Kelsey and get a plus for Kelsey and, and, and if I even have to kick in a, a second or a third to get to Andrews, I think I'm doing it. Like I, I want the production. I want to to have that locked and loaded tight end. If I have Kyle Pitts, I want that production. Yep. Uh, I'm there with you. I don't own him anywhere, but if I did, <laughs> I'd be shop, I'd be shopping him like crazy right now, seeing if I could get that price that people were buying at in the off season. Well, that wraps up today. Next week, we are going to dive into some super fun team building, roster construction, numbers, data, and how we do things and how we build our teams to win some leagues. So thank you so much for joining. Like us on our uh, Spotify, subscribe to the YouTube, and we will see you next week.